Hi, it's Joanna Oki here and welcome back to Talking Law, a podcast brought to you by our commercial legal practice, Aspect Legal. Welcome to part two of our special two-part series with Michael Hutchins of Madano. Back in part one, we looked at the differentiation opportunity for business owners and advisors to businesses in using financial analysis to drive growth and strategy for a business. In today's episode, we talk a bit more with Michael about his software at Madano, which enables businesses to build and maintain scalable investment banking quality financial models. And we also go through a few examples of businesses who have used financial modeling to power their growth. All of this and more. So keep listening and we'll get you started. You're listening to Talking Law, the podcast where business owners just like you discover how to avoid legal landmines and build value using smart legal tips. Join your host, Joanna Oki, as she cuts through the legal jargon and gives you clear and simple actionable legal strategies, which will get you optimal business results. Let's talk a little bit about your software. So m- maybe if you can run us through what your software actually does and, and, and what the opportunities are for businesses out there in within your software. Well, all the, all the software is, I say all it is because <laughs> people get people get scared of it, but all, all it is is, 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 a, is, a, is a system that enables you to more efficiently use Microsoft Excel to build financial models. So we looked at WordPress as an example 10 years ago. And we looked at how websites – we were building our own website using WordPress without actually hiring an engineer. Mm. Um, and we looked at, looked at modeling and thought, why, why aren't financial models able to be built like WordPress? And mm. we looked at WordPress, and the reality is WordPress is successful because the vast majority of people using it don't actually build the content that makes the website work. So on WordPress, if you want to plug in a shopping cart, you know you can plug in a module that does that. Someone is – over the years, a whole community of people has built that code that does that. And that's why you can build a WordPress website and start, start charging somebody from widgets you're selling from your home. Um, without really understanding how to write code. So it's funny, like in our system, we're sort of walking that fine line between giving people, our system enables you, for example, to insert a discounted cash flow into, into a model, to open a model, change the number of time series periods, insert a discounted cash flow, add and remove pieces. So for example, add some SaaS pieces to your model, but then it's still Excel so you can go and actually then play with it. Right. So we, 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 walk, we walk that fine line between giving people a, a whole lot of information that they can then use to do their modeling more efficiently and effectively, but also automating it. And therefore, you know, one of the discussions we always have with people is you still need to know what you're doing using our system, which is where all the training comes in. But to give you a really simple example, in the old days, to build a financial model, you'd, you'd start with a static template that you got off a mate or your accountant, and you'd, you'd type numbers in and hack around and, and sort of try and work out what was going on. With our system, we've got we've built 10,000 pieces of financial models. Wow. And, and it, Example of a piece is, 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 as I said, like a SaaS revenue projection is, is one piece we've built. Another example might be some a depreciation calculation for your fixed assets. Yeah. And what our system allows you to do is just cherry pick like Lego the pieces you want, slot them in. But then even after that, you know, you still need to then know how to customize the model for your business. So what we, what we sort of pride ourselves on is getting people as far down the line as we can in terms of, in terms of a model that looks just like their business. Mm. And then we work with them to get that final bit across the line. So it's, it's very similar to web development where, you know, traditionally when the web first came out, you'd have to pay an engineer tens of thousands of dollars to build your website from scratch. And only, only big companies had websites. And now, now that's the opposite is the case. You can go to India and get a website for $300 mm. without knowing anything at all about anything. Mm. Now, 
Now, with financial modeling, you do need to know something about what you're doing because it's obviously it's risky stuff if you don't know what you're doing. Um, and that's that's why we, we, we do so much training. We have such a big support system that, that we help our users with. But at the same time, you know, it doesn't mean you need to spend fifty, a hundred thousand dollars to get a model up. Mm. You know, and that's and that's the traditional problem. So a lot of the larger accounting firms that have built modeling groups up over the last 10 years. They almost have an unspoken rule. If you if you speak to them, they'll tell you over a beer. Listen, we it's not viable for us to build models for less than forty or fifty thousand dollars. So most of the market hasn't had access to that type of that type of IP. Yeah. So um so we so it's funny because we still work at the big end of town. A lot of our work goes with, is from big companies, but we're also moving into this smaller space where where smaller businesses that want to get this skill can get it. Mm. So um so the software for us is really just a medium. And people talk to us and they go, oh, you guys love Excel. I'm like, that's like going to uh, that's like going to a lawyer and saying you must love Word. The reality is. <laughs> I mean, it is. It's sort of. It's kind of offensive. Like, I'm not an Excel nerd. I, I, I like. I like analysis. Well, it is very a, handy a, for lawyers, though. To be fair, but like if, you, if you had to write, if you had to do everything manually, it'd be a real problem, right? So, I mean, so I mean, we we just happen to be using Excel because it's still by far the best solution for for the vast majority of things that we do in financial modeling. And our system is just a tool that expedites the process. But ultimately, the endpoint is still a financial model that 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 is effectively a, a, a numerical representation of your business. Yeah, and, and it's a really good one. It literally lives and breeze the way your business does and gives you comfort that you can for example you can run a scenario and say well what if the exchange what if what if we're selling 40 percent of our products overseas in the next 12 months and the exchange rate drops three or four cents what's what's our exposure there mm-hmm. and then you could turn around and say geez our exposure might be three or four hundred thousand maybe we should enter some foreign exchange swaps you know mm-hmm. for example to expose that risk so so basically you basically we just don't have that risk and therefore you could, you could do some numbers and work out whether it was worth paying for those those that type of insurance on the exchange rate risk yeah and that's and that that's 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 it does i mean our software really is just a a part of enabling people to get to the same point they get to you know if they were paying 50 to 100 grand for a financial model but doing it cheaper and doing doing more of it themselves i love it i love it and so can you can you think of any examples it doesn't matter if you can't you can say no to this question but can you think of any examples of sort sort of you, you know maybe a mid-sized business or or um or maybe even a smaller sme that's using your software at the moment that's sort of gone from this process of not knowing a lot to now knowing a bit to effective implementation of financial modeling well a good example that i like because i love their food is fonda mexican so uh-huh. fonda's fonda's this cool i think they've just opened one in bondi right which which um which i tried to get into when i was living there and it was too busy but these guys <laughs> these guys started fonda mexican it's it's like real um I, I think they're probably up around 10 or more more, more stores now but those uh-huh. guys effectively have opened a, a quick service quick service really high quality mexican food restaurant which which also has like a cocktail bar and all, all the all the beautiful people go there it's 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 really doing well <laughs> and those guys those guys really from from really early on they hired an actual financial accountant that wanted a good financial model and we helped them build right. effectively we've helped them build some modules that they use they use a module to analyze each store right. and then to add a new store they can reuse the same module and they effectively they effectively are able to do peer analysis between the different stores using this analysis so they can they can they can preemptively put a module in so what, what would it look like if we opened another store and said darling point or we open one in you know the the cbd of sydney yeah so, so they've done that for and, and it's funny because they're sort of following in the in the grill the jb hi-fi model we've done a lot of these worked with a lot of businesses doing this and the franchise space is really right for this because it's just it's so it's scalable and doing it manually is a nightmare yeah but there's a, there's a lot of repetition which means you can create a piece of analysis and our software enables you to reuse it mm, so and any business that is looking to grow right you know this is this sounds like it's imperative a good example there as well is, is companies come to us that are growing and that they, they do capital raising and yeah and someone will turn around and say can you can you give us a valuation and and traditionally you'd spend a day or two hammering that in you know manually in excel 
was we'll just plug a valuation module in or maybe a comps, comps module wow. and put in some, some data about some competing companies. You know, it actually is harder to find to, to agree on the assumptions if, you, if, you, if you're building models efficiently than it is to build the model itself. Mm. But, I mean, the, the stories like Fondo Mexican are just – they're fantastic. I mean, because, mm. because you see these guys that have, that have started businesses in their, in their late 20s, early 30s. That, that are turning over like tens of millions of dollars within five years and, and they're just fighting to get their head around the growth. Yeah. Um, and, a, and a big part of being able to chat with investors or potential potential investors or banks or even looking at IPOs is actually knowing your numbers. And and there's such a big difference between somebody who can walk into a room and say, I would say, this is where we're making money, this is why, this is when, and this is how. Mm. And people that come in and say, yeah, we're doing pretty well, the average store does this, and you know, we open a new one next month that we're expecting to go pretty well. It's sort of like, <laughs> what, what does that even mean? So it's, it's funny. It's, it's, it's a lot like me with that with that VC over in, over in London. When he started firing all these questions at me on the phone, yeah. it's like, you know, what's your average churn? What's your average tenure? And I'm like, don't know, don't know, don't know. And he, and he turned around and said, listen, sounds like you're doing really well, but it sounds like this is all in your head still. He goes, you know, at what point are you going to formalize your, your analysis of the business? And yeah. I was like, yeah, it's funny because it is really starting to grow now. And it's funny, in, in many ways, I'm, I'm sort of hypocritical because, because as, a, as, as, the prime, as the main shareholder of my business, you know, I know what the numbers are. Yeah. But, um, but you know, as we get bigger, you've got to start communicating that. And it's funny that there is a fear inside of a lot of small business owners that if they, if they look at their company hard enough, they might not like what they see. Mm. And, I, and I know I had that feeling. When I, when I started looking at my proper subscriber numbers late last year, I got a little bit scared because I realized there were, there were you know, 5 or 10% of our subscribers, you know, with three, six months over during invoice-based subscriptions that we hadn't been following up. Mm. And, I, and I'd wake up I'd wake up in a cold sweat thinking, what if, what if like 10, 20% of these just don't pay their invoices? Mm. You know, do I, do I go on this huge rampage of canceling them? And, and in the end, a lot of them end up paying and I wrote a few off and now I've got this clean, mm. I've got this clean bed of subscribers and I know the number is within one or 2% of what I'll actually get the next 12 months. Mm. So it's, it's one of those things where, you know, actually understanding how your business works, if, if you, if you, if you're really risk averse, it can be really scary because you do analysis and think, wow, this business is actually quite risky, mm. you know, well, you know mm. especially in a, especially in a services business where you sit there and go, Ooh, geez, a lot of the services businesses we look at that aren't large, uh, if they lost two or three of their main con- clients, they'd have to get rid of half their staff. Yeah. So, you know, and that, that clarity can be scary for some companies where the, where the people would rather just assume everything's fine and just not think about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The head in the sand technique sometimes is uh, <laughs> used in business. I've seen it used many times. <laughs> I, try restrict, I try to restrict it to when I'm on holiday, but the rest of the time, yeah, I try, I try to actually know what's going on. <laughs> Let's talk now about the opportunity for accountants. Now, we, we've talked about this bit in the podcast that we recorded previously in the deal room. But I, I just before we started recording, we were talking about this concept of annuity-based revenue streams for accountants, you know, the opportunity that it can provide. I guess it's not just accountants, you know, there might be other pools of advisors as well, but generally accountants. Um, and when you say annuity-based revenue streams, you know, in my in my words, you know, that's that's the recurring income stream. That's the it's it's that ongoing revenue stream and of course there's compliance there but um, but why is this an opportunity and and where do you think in in our discussions you you've explained that you think many accounting firms you know are sort of missing seeing this opportunity so maybe we can step it out a little bit more today 
Well, yeah, and as I said to you before, before we started this, we we're having a chat. I mean, I spent a lot of the last two years speaking to accounting firms. I think I'd probably be one of the world's preeminent experts on accounting firm mentality and philosophy now. Um, and and it, it was tough. It was tough for me because I I came out of uni into investment banking, where with, within weeks of being in banking, you're pitching and you, you're selling, and, and you're also looking at opportunities. So your whole thought process is where is the opportunity? You know, where can I where can I do something special? Mm. I think with accounting firms, the first thing you sort of get taught is that you need to not mess things up because you're effectively a pillar of strength for companies you you, you provide them with assurance you know mm. accounting is, is effectively insurance in in essence for a lot of businesses mm. so above and beyond that it's like if you think about it if you, the person you go to for the best most stable advice probably isn't the person you go to when you want to go and have a big night out and say you know where do i go and get really drunk so <laughs> so it's kind of weird so i think a lot of accounting firms sort of feel like their role isn't to go into companies and, and talk to them about let's grow fast let's do crazy stuff so you know yeah. a lot of people i spoke with immediately started saying conflicts of interest and i'm right. like they're like oh we do their assurance we can't help them we can't help them with that stuff. And I'm like, yeah, there's, there's a huge difference between, you know, between between aligning yourself with a company so strategically that that effectively you, its success depends on your advice, and if it fails, you sort of let them down while you're doing assurance, and and just providing them with a better understanding of their own business. Yeah. Okay, let's take a short break. When we get back, Michael talks about the problem with plug-and-play solutions. He also drills into the risks of clients outgrowing their accountants if the accountants fail to upskill and service their customers' need for good financial analysis. We delve into that and a whole lot more. And that's next. I'm Joanne Oki and you are listening to Talking Law, a podcast brought to you by our commercial legal practice, Aspect Legal. Are you looking for a top quality legal team to assist you in your organisation? Aspect Legal is an innovative commercial legal practice that specialises in providing fast and professional services for their clients. Our commercial legal services cover a wide spectrum of disciplines. Contract law, dispute resolution, business sales and acquisitions, brand protection and IP. We work with clients both large and small and we're all about helping you grow while protecting you from the unexpected storms of business. If you'd like to chat about how we might be able to assist you, simply head over to our website at www.aspectlegal.com.au to book in time for a free discussion with one of our legal eagles. So get in touch today. Welcome back. Earlier, Michael introduced us to a cheaper and effective way of building financial models, a new software that Madonna has developed to help small business gain access to good financial models without the heavy price tag. We also identified some SMEs who have used financial modeling to power growth. And just before the break, we drew it into the opportunity for annuity-based revenue streams for accountants who might want to add value to their clients by offering these much-needed services. Now, let's jump back to our conversation with Michael and talk about the problems with plug-and-play solutions. I think the other thing is that accounting firms are all focused on, when they talk about annuity revenue streams, all of them are focused on 
on subscription type software. Mm. I mean, I've got no problem with Zero and QuickBooks. I mean, they've made things a bit easier than than the Mob used to be. If you're a good account, if you're a good accountant, I think Mob was a bit easier in many regards and faster the desktop version. So, but but Zero is is a great sexy program, and 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 so is so is QuickBooks and a lot of the add-ons. The big issue with a lot of these programs is that is that the, a lot of people are using them and just typing numbers in and not really understanding how their businesses work. Yeah. And, and what 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 a lot of the the accounting firms are trying to do is take is take those programs and and convert that into a sort of fifty hundred dollars a month revenue stream for them where they don't, where they don't have a human element involved. Mm. And then a really really good example of this is one of the big four, where one of the big four looked at everything including our system, um, and decided the best thing to do was buy an off the shelf zero add on. Rebrand it and then try and sell it as a two thousand dollars a month, two thousand dollar a month strategic analysis package. Wow! But 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 and and they, they've, they've sold quite a lot of it. But the reality is, it's it's not particularly good because it's a plug and play solution. Yeah. And that solution, it's all cloud based, which everyone gets excited about. But that means for me, as far as I'm concerned, it's slow compared to desktop Excel. Yeah. But but what it does what it does do is provides people with some great looking dashboards and some cutting and slicing of their data. But it doesn't give them a good strategic projection tool. Mm. And that's so. But that but the real driver behind that. For that accounting firm, was that they wanted the two thousand dollars a month? They're sitting mm-hmm. there going, "This is this is great." You know, we're going to get twenty five grand a year. You know, twenty five, maybe more if they customize. So, you know, and to customize that platform, we have clients coming to us that are saying, "We're using this platform. It's two grand a month. Every time we ask for customization, it's it's outrageously expensive." So, what they end up doing is building a model, an Excel model that runs alongside of it, where they can just hack it whenever they like and, and <laughs> add add dashboards and charts and all sorts of stuff, and they can do it really quickly and easily without without having to actually rely on that third party. So, right. the, the, the subscription model for the accounting firms I see that she, that the we've proven exists in our business over the last fifteen years is that is the model where you go in and you help a client get a a budgeting, planning, and and strategic forecasting system together so a whole infrastructure so you help them link their their accounting package data to their projections you help them build a financial model which is strategic so they can run scenarios and they can use it for refinancings capital raisings what if analysis and then once they've got that the, the annuity comes from that client then being in such a close relationship with you that they call you all the time yeah. to help the, to help them with their decision making. Yeah. So, so for example, in one year, most of our clients, we've hardly done any marketing for the last six or seven years and our revenues have continued to increase. And that's because, you know, people, clients come to us once or twice a month saying, we want to tack on a new business unit. We'd like to add some new scenario analysis. We're doing a capital raising. We're doing a refinancing of debt. We'd like some new dashboards, et cetera. And it's an ongoing thing. So it's almost like we maintain their website and they put the Images in it. They write the text in it, just like with WordPress. Yeah. But if they want changes made to the way in which the website works, then we actually go and actually spend. We actually go and go into the back end and change the wiring around. And you know, surely this is an opportunity as well for accounting practices to target that sweet spot of client, which is the client that's growing and that needs the ongoing advice, because these are the sorts of businesses that you know, need the dashboards most, need the financial information most, need the modeling most, right? Oh, it's, it's, it's not even, it's not even just an opportunity. It's a risk not doing it because I mean, we, we went and pitched our software to a a very small firm about three years ago and they, they were actually working with a a really fast growing company and we pitched them. They said, oh yeah, you know, we're doing, we're doing really well. Our biggest client is this client. And we said to them, oh, are you guys doing financial modeling? So these guys sniffed around, didn't really dedicate any resources to financial modeling. And then the client came back to them about six months later and said, listen, we need a financial model. We're doing a capital raising. And they turned around and said, oh, we spoke to this Madano company. So they gave us a call. So we ended up stepping up and helping them. And then what ended up happening was that we ended up working directly with the client. And then the client actually then turned around and said, listen, guys, to be honest, 
you know, you guys aren't really strategic enough for us, and they moved to another accounting firm mm. that, that 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 was using our system. And so this this these guys came to us and said, "Listen, you burnt us." And we said, "No, we did. We didn't. You guys couldn't service them, yeah. and and we didn't want to service them, but they needed a model badly." Yeah. So, and the funniest thing is, the the other firm they went to were probably less impressive in terms of the staff they had, but that actually invested some time in learning how to build financial models. Wow. So, so ironically, this small accounting firm lost its biggest client because they outgrew them and they weren't providing those skills. Wow. And it's funny because at this point in time, you don't need to be a particularly good financial model to impress an SME. That's yeah. the beautiful thing. It's, yeah. it's, it's, a, it's this halcyon days in this area where where you can, you know, it reminds me back in the 60s and 70s where it was a lot easier to be cool back then. You know, now now it's, <laughs> it's very complicated. You know, you've got to actually try and master social media do all sorts of crazy tech stuff. Whereas, you know, back then you just sort of dress a certain way and walk a certain way and, and it was a lot easier to be cool. And I think with financial modeling, financial modeling right now, if you can understand integrated 3 modeling and build a model that the client can use to run scenarios and and, and get what they want done, whether it's a capital raising or a, or a capital raising or an IPO or or even just something as simple as, as a rolling budget budgeting model which they haven't been able to do do automatically you become a rock star to them mm. and then and then you've got you've got time when you evolve so the annuity stream here isn't just it's the annuity stream that comes from providing a service that companies need real time, but it's also an annuity stream which comes with the fact that you become the preferred supplier of the services that are based on the model. Mm. So you know, it, we, we often work with companies. We'll, we'll work with companies where we build them a model. Then they'll get UBS to come in and help them with something, and UBS will come in, and, and, and the client will say, listen, we want, we want Monado to keep running the model. So there's these weird scenarios. I mentioned this in our last call. There's weird scenarios where we're running deals alongside investment banks where the modeling isn't being done by the investment bank. Mm-hmm. And the investment banks don't don't overly care about it. They're, they're a bit apprehensive about it, but they're like, you know what? If it's a good model, it's a, it's a win for everybody because mm-hmm. we can focus on, on more strategic things and using the model. So, you know, it's funny. If, if accounting firms really want to move forward and be savvy, they need to focus, I think, less on plug-and-play tech, which gives them some little annuity stream without them having to do much other than sell it, and focus more on empowering their staff, getting greater skills that empowers their clients, mm. that then forms a relationship almost of, 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 of analytical dependence. Mm. And it, it, and I say that in a positive way. They become dependent on you to understand their business better because they know that you are you are you are an empowering body. Yeah. And that's where the accounting firms don't seem to realize they have that capability. They've got the relationship already. It's just an extension of it. Yeah. And they're not and they're not building on it. I mean, it's insane how little money the, the big firms are making out of financial modeling, and most of it's still from audit. And it's because they're just, not, they're just not respected as financial modelers, a lot of them yet, but they could really easily, right? I, I think, you know, I, I speak to a lot of accountants that, you know, have been in practice for many, many years and, and I feel that the accounting environment that they've created with their clients, you know, who are approaching retirement is very different to how I see, you know, the new, the new business, the new growth business in terms of their relationship with their accountants. And, you know, let's project forward that next five or ten years with the advent of all of this technology. You know, in the past, accountants did used to sit as that, you know, that absolute trusted advisor and businesses wouldn't mm. make a decision without calling their accountant. Now, I know very few high growth businesses that have that sort of relationship with their accountants nowadays. So, you know, this is a way of building it in, right? No, it's funny. I mean, what we're what we're also seeing is, and and I won't name names here because, um, you know, there's, there's so many of them doing really well. I don't want to sort of shout any one particular one out. But what, what we're seeing a lot of now is accounting firms that are some of them are buying up a whole lot of bookkeepers just to get their client lists. Mm. Some of the some of them some of them are just naturally growing really fast. But the ones that are, we've got this 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 new world order, which is accounting firms that are coming in and saying, we'll do your tax, we'll do your accounting, we'll do your legals, we'll do your social media, and we'll do your budget planning and strategic stuff. And they're the ones that are really interesting because to me, I think about the fact that I came out of a commerce law degree and didn't even know how to register a company. 
Um, it's insane <laughs> that, 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 that we don't get educated on how to actually do things practically. We yeah. learn all this theoretical awesome stuff like like weighted average cost of capital and DCF, and we don't actually know how to register a company when we go to start one, yeah. let alone how to – when do you pay payroll? Yeah. Ta- when do you pay payroll tax? So what I see with a lot of parties that are doing really well now is they're coming to businesses really early on and saying – We'll get your bookkeeping right. We'll link that into a financial model that works really well. We'll do your legal and structuring. We'll set up your entities properly. And we'll actually provide you with advice in relation to a partnership agreement with your legals. Um, and they get it all going so that on, really early on, you've got a company that's set up to grow. Mm-hmm. Whereas, whereas traditionally, the whole approach has been, ah, you know, all you need to worry about for the first couple of years is getting your tax right. We'll put you on a payments plan to save you having to pay tax for the first couple of years while you build the company up. And then after that, suddenly, you sort of do stuff as you feel you have to. Yeah. Whereas I think where the world's heading with a combination of tech, knowledge, and empowerment is the ability to plug and play a new company. And, and within within the first three to six months, you've, you've got the system in place that will last you up until you're turning over 50 million. That's beautiful. And, 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 wow. and then doing that, doing that without spending a fortune, because traditionally that's cost a fortune. You've just sort of had to keep paying more and more consultants to do that. Whereas I think what's happening now is technology is meaning at, at, at every stage of the way, you can put in place a solution which will last quite a long time. Yeah. And that's, and that's, and that's where I look at the big, the big accounting firms. I'm like, you guys should be going out to your clients and saying, okay, well, we've done your assurance for years. We've never really spoken to you about strategic planning. Let's start with that. And then maybe we can provide you with some advice about potential acquisition opportunities Yeah. because we understand your business because we've been talking to you about your business in detail now for three months while we've been modeling it. Uh, we've got another client over here that's quite similar. Do you guys want to have a chat? So, I mean, there, there's a lot that, that, that accounting firms can do to become much more like investment banks without a conflict of interest mm. and in, in the process derive a lot more not a lot more revenues doing stuff that's a lot more exciting for their staff. Mm. I mean, we, we met with more Stevens a couple of weeks ago and the CEO was in the meeting and he actually said, our junior guys, we showed him the modeling, he stayed for the whole thing, which is awesome because a lot of the a lot of the, the more senior guys get a bit, bit bored or blown away, one mm. of the two. Mm. But he, he stayed and at the end he said, listen, my junior guys are constantly telling me they want to be they want they want to be more strategically empowered and they mm. want to be able to provide they want to be able to provide more than just assurance to our clients. Mm. He said, our junior guys, we should make this a KPI that within their first couple of years here, they all know how to build an integrated freeway model wow. and they can pump one out for a client so that when the client starts chatting about it over a coffee, they can say, oh, listen, let me just throw one together for you. Wow. So we built we built a model out of zero for for a hypothetical company in their boardroom with the CEO there in eight minutes. Wow. And it inst- instantly had a whole lot of graphs and charts and brought in all the zero data and then instantly we, we threw in a DCF and did evaluation. Wow. And we put some forecasts in and we showed how you'd roll the model forward. And, 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 and the first thing he said was, this is just something we should be offering as a no-brainer to clients, as as almost a, a conversation starter. Mm. And we're like, yeah, it's but this stuff hasn't been possible. I mean, financial models, it's taken us 10 years to get our software working. And it's because it's just really hard because every business is different. Mm. And, and if you speak to entrenched financial modeling organizations, they'll love to tell you how you can't use software financial modeling because every business is different. But the reality is every website's different and WordPress and yeah. content management systems are now used for 88% of websites. And that's because they're different, but most of the pieces are the same. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's really interesting stuff. I mean, I could obviously talk about this for hours, but, <laughs> but the, the opportunities, I mean, I've, we've done numbers and we think that the market in Australia in terms of available fees is over a billion dollars for the, for the SME space alone. Wow. And it's because it's, there's just so many of them. There's, there's literally a couple of hundred thousand SMEs that turn over multi-million dollar turnover that would spend five or $10,000 a year on financial modeling if it helped their business grow. Mm. It's just a no-brainer. But, you know, it, it's, it's a generational change thing that comes with both technology, yes. awareness, and, and education. Yes, yes. Well, look, and, and you know, as you've mentioned earlier, there's easy ways that accounting firms or, or even businesses themselves can get started. You said that you've got a whole 
range of resources that are available for people to go in and start working through for free? The absolute easiest way for them to start, and I, I took me a long time to get to this point because I was I thought everyone would just want to jump in and do hours of learning, which which most people don't, and yeah. a lot of people, a lot of firms don't want to invest a lot of money in something until they know it's going to get an ROI. Mm. So the absolute best way for firms to start is sit down with a few of their clients that they think would would most benefit from. A financial model, which obviously either the ones normally that are either in trouble financially or the ones that are growing really well, mm. and sit down with them, have a coffee, and say, "Listen, we're thinking about offering some 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 strategic financial advisory services where you guys would have a better understanding of your business. You'd have a real time financial model that would link to your historical data, and you'd be able to understand your business drivers a bit better. Is this something that would interest you? And if so, is is ten or twelve thousand uh, dollars reasonable? Because because most SMEs you can you can you can make money building models for between ten and twenty thousand and a company that's if a company turning over five or ten million that's not a lot of money yeah so especially if it, if it saves them uh, making a bad decision or it helps them make a good one mm. so you know we found with the with the mid tiers we spoke with their clients absolutely didn't even didn't even blink when they said ten to twenty thousand mm. so so then it comes back to okay how can we service this client and still make a margin on that ten or twenty and then and with the first couple we've been doing a lot of projects with the with with mid sized firms where we we help we build the model and, and they watch alongside the first one or two and we do a fee split and then and then and going forward they step back and do it they start doing it all themselves mm. so what that does does, it creates a dynamic where they can see a cash flow positive deal go through their business and a client come back and high five them without having to actually dedicate a lot of training and resources to learning how, how this all works. Yeah, it's a really good suggestion. Surely it's an easy way for um, for an accounting practice to start, dip their toe in. Well, some of the smaller firms don't even don't even actually they come to us and they say, Listen, um, this is great, we're just gonna we're just gonna partner with you guys. And we're like, that's fine. I mean, it means your margin's gonna be lower. I mean, and obviously as a SaaS business, our growth depends on being able to grow, which means we don't want to be doing everyone's models. Yeah. But at the same time, you know, at this point in time, we'll do whatever works for the different parties involved. So we've got a lot of smaller firms that are like, we can't really afford to have a full-time guy modeling and our guys aren't really sophisticated enough, but we've got two or three clients that are happy to spend 10 or 20 grand a model. And it works for everybody, mm. and, and and they still and, and in the process they learn, and so some of them over the last three or four years have evolved from doing that with us to turning over quarter of a million, half a million dollars, and realizing, listen, there's money here. Wow. You know, we, we don't really want to give Madano one or two hundred grand of our half million of new revenues, <laughs> so that they'll hire they'll hire a staff member, and we'll effectively make ourselves redundant. But at that point in time, often they have five or ten staff, and their clients using our software, so we yeah. shift to being a software provider. Yeah. So it's a really weird dynamic where we 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 can viably do pretty much any scenario clients want. It's the, the often the hardest thing is what's what's the most appealing starting point, and that's why I suggested the most appealing one we've found so far is is just see if your clients are interested and how much they're willing to spend. And if they are, give us a call and we'll, we'll cut a deal. Michael, as always, it has been absolutely fabulous. This is um, this has been great. I think we've covered some really good information for businesses and, once again, some really great information for accounting practices. And I just love your approach in terms of making it so easy for people to get started, um, you know, whether you're a business or whether you're in accounting practice. And in our show notes, we'll definitely be linking through to Madano so that you can go in there, have a look at the resources that they have on offer and, you know, and get learning. Or if you're an accounting practice, we'll also set out in our show notes, in the transcript, exactly the way Michael has suggested that you can get started and the conversations that you should be having with your uh, w- with your clients that are growing or potentially hitting a cash flow crunch. He's got a transcript there for you. He's got a script there for you in relation to exactly what you can say to them. So we couldn't be making it any more easier than this, right? <laughs> 
thanks, Rand. And I obviously love this stuff. I could talk about it all day. It's um, I've spent the last two years talking with people about it. I mean, the reality is we've got a lot of people now that are doing really well out of this. So, I mean, the proof is in the pudding. You know, I'm more than happy to put sort of, you know, my money where my mouth is with this stuff. And I think it's just it's just a huge thing because the beautiful thing is if this works, um, if this works, advisors grow their businesses, corporates become more successful yeah. and Madano gets to keep gets to keep building software which is what we love doing so it's the funniest thing is about all this is it only works if everyone wins yeah it's awesome <laughs> I, I love I love love chatting with you and thanks for having me on again Thank you so much, Michael. Yeah, as with last time, it's an absolute pleasure. And look, I love, I really enjoy talking numbers because I think that there is so much opportunity. And as we're talking, you know, I've actually taken a whole heap of notes for a number of things that I think we need to be doing <laughs> within our business as a whole. So that just um, shows. Yeah, every 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 barbecue and family event I go to, someone goes away saying they need a financial model. So <laughs> I mean, it's yeah. funny. I think I think yeah, there's a lot of people out there that don't even know they have this issue right now. So, no, absolutely. I love it. <laughs> Thank you so much, Michael. Right. We'll have a link thanks. through to you. Um, but thanks for coming on the program. Thanks, Joanna. Pleasure. And so ends our special series on using numbers to drive growth and strategy with Michael Hutchins of Madano. As a quick recap, in this episode, we learned a bit more about Madano's new software. We identified some examples of SMEs who have actually used financial modeling to power growth. We then drilled into the opportunity for annuity-based revenue streams for accountants who boldly take on the challenge to service the need for good financial analysis of their clients. Now, after the break, we digged deeper into the problem with plug-and-play solution and the risk of clients outgrowing their accountants if they fail to step up and upskill themselves in this area. I hope you enjoyed what you heard today. If you did, please subscribe to Talking Law on your favourite podcast player to get notifications straight to your mobile when we release a new episode. And of course, check out the show notes if you'd like to contact Michael or Madano directly. Well, thanks for listening in. This has been Joanna Oki and Talking Law, a podcast brought to you by our commercial legal practice, Aspect Legal. See you next time. Thanks for listening to Talking Law. Tune in next time for more smart legal tips and tricks to keep you clear of those legal landmines. If you want to get a download of today's show notes, head over to talkinglaw.com.au. Information in this podcast is general in nature, not legal advice. If you want advice for your business, visit talkinglaw.com.au. 